Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, good morning, Crossview Church. Welcome to Church Online this morning. I'd like to ask you this question as we start. How many of you would consider yourself competitive? I'm competitive. I love competition. But I also like to see others do well, so maybe I'm not that competitive. You know, uh, often one of the challenges that comes along with competition is the desire to go it alone. As in, I can do this better than you or better than my team. Have you ever experienced that before? Have you ever seen that? This happens even in professional sports. Well, today we're going to look at Psalm 118, and it's this incredible psalm that emphasizes our need to trust in God, not ourselves, for victories in our life. And that's the word that this psalm uses, victory. When we trust in God and rely on God, not ourselves, here's the amazing thing, that God, not I, gets the glory. Our challenge today as we look at the psalm is to try to stop going it alone and to try to trust more in Jesus And secondly, to try and stop taking credit for what belongs to God. Now, this is a really great realization as it builds on what Pastor Holly taught last week from Psalm 100, that the Lord reigns even when everything else says otherwise. Not only does the Lord reign, but because he reigns, we can trust in him for all of these victories. Let's look at what Psalm 118 has to say in verses 1 through 12. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat, his faithful love endures forever. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me, and he set me free. The Lord is for me, so I have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Though hostile nations surrounded me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like crackling fire. But I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. My enemies did not did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Today's psalm is a psalm of David declaring God's incredible victory. As David writes, he has this correct perspective that all of this victory that he's talking about is God's doing. But often that perspective is one that we don't arrive at quickly or easily. Uh, Usually, like I mentioned before, because we like to do things our way, trusting in our own knowledge and our own know-how, we we tend to be more selfish and self-centered. And we can find it difficult to truly trust God for the difficulties and the challenges that we face in this world. But here's the beauty of this psalm. As you go back and read it carefully, what David and the people of Israel experienced, they were a series of impossible things to come through on their own. And and this is true in our lives as well. Our ability to power through things that are difficult or out of our control is not very great. Take this pandemic, for example. But look again at what it says in verses 8 and 9. 
It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. I really believe that most of us don't experience all that God has for us because we too often try to take control um, of our own lives and trust in something or someone other than God. Sure, maybe we get some small victories along the way, but we cannot get the type of victory that's described in Psalm 118 because that is all by God's power and it is all for God's glory. Trusting God is difficult for a few reasons. One, like we said a couple of weeks ago, God usually doesn't do things the way that we would do things and we don't like to give up control. But a second reason might be that uh, we find it difficult to trust God because it, it, it creates fear. We, do, we, don't, we don't know what to do. And so sometimes that's a fearful thing. But the outcome when God is in control is eternal and lasting and can deeply transform our hearts and our minds. And that's the real victory, rescue and purpose and clarity. And it ends up with us praising God. Let me give you an example from the book of Judges chapter 6. We find the story of this guy named Gideon. In this story, we find Israel's army under the command of Gideon off to fight the armies of another uh, nation called, the, called Midian. Now the Midianites were a people who had oppressed Israel for many years. And scripture tells us that their treatment of the Israelites was so bad that it left the Israelites starving and hiding in caves. So the people cried out to God and God responded by raising up Gideon, whom God called a, a mighty hero to his face, by the way. Uh, in Judges 6, we read this in 11 through 12. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I can just imagine Gideon kind of looking around awkwardly, pointing at himself. Are, are you talking to me? A few verses later in Judges 6, uh, verses 14 through 16, it says this. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. I am the least of my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So why is it that God sometimes invites us to defy impossible odds? Or, or at least it feels like that at times. This is certainly the case with Gideon, and it's certainly the case uh, in the story of David and the Israelites as well. Let me ask you this question. What seems impossible for you? What are you facing that you simply don't have answers to, uh, that you feel like you'll never get through? Do you have an overwhelming circumstance or situation that you face? If you do, you can relate with these stories. Could it be that God invites you and me to impossible tasks or areas in life that require incredible amounts of faith so that he can provide the victory and reveal more of his power, his glory, and who he is to you and to me? Because when God gets the victory, God gets the glory. And that's usually good for us. You know, I think that truth explains this counterintuitive military strategy that we see in the rest of Judges chapter 7. Gideon's army of 32,000 men is already vastly outnumbered by the Midianites. So Gideon and his army were already underdogs when we enter this story. And they're already underdogs when the Lord gives them this questionable command. He says, you have too many men to deliver Midian into their hands. 
So now if I'm Gideon, I'm thinking, okay, God, you probably just misspoke a little bit. You said we have too many. I think you meant to say that we don't have enough. But look at what it says in Judges 7, 1 through 7. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they, were, that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So this leaves Gideon with an army of 300 men. And it gets even better. God tells Gideon to attack the Midianites with trumpets and jars. You've got to be kidding me, right? What kind of battle plan is this? So now this story is so good and there's so much to it. Uh, so I would suggest just go read it and, and, and see what God has to say. But the outcome of this whole story is that Gideon and the Israelites win this battle. So why does God do it that way? He says, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they have saved themselves by their own strength. Isn't that a fascinating line? If Gideon had attacked with 32,000 men and won, I'm pretty sure that the Israelites would have thanked God for lending them a hand and God would have gotten little to no credit in the end. But in this story, God deserves all the credit because when 300 men defeat a vast army with trumpets and jars, God gets all the glory because a victory like that defies all the odds. Too often, our prayers revolve around God asking, or revolve around us asking God to reduce the odds in our lives. We want everything in our favor so that it might work out. But maybe when the odds are stacked against us, we have an opportunity to lean into and trust God in ways that are, well, quite frightening. Rather than asking God to reduce the odds, the psalmists over and over again ask God to step in, to step up, and to show off his power and his might. Part of faith is trusting God no matter how impossible the odds are. Maybe our impossible situations are opportunities to experience new aspects of who God is. Let me ask you this question. Do you trust God enough in your life for you to dismiss the army? The scary thing about being willing to dismiss the army is that it requires us to do things God's way. And we don't always understand God's way. We certainly can't control God's way, and that can cause fear. But scripture tells us time and time again that we can trust God and his way of doing things because it always culminates in the accomplishing of God's will. And can I just say that that is far better than anything that we can come up with. So we need to realize that there is absolutely no way that we can facilitate the kind of outcome that God has in mind without God's help. 
So in order to more easily do things God's way, in order for us to be willing to trust God more, we have to do some spir- the spiritual formation work of unlearning. And if you study the teachings of Jesus, you'll realize that learning wasn't his only goal. Another one of his goals was unlearning. He often works to call out and redirect religious minds and systems. Time and time again, Jesus would confront the religious person or systems that think that they had it all figured out. When in fact, those people were often relying on themselves and their own ways of thinking rather than, than really trusting in who God is. Unlearning our bad spiritual habits and ways of thinking is difficult and painful work. Unlearning can be twice as hard as learning. Something like, God, I thought I had it all worked out this way, but I'm realizing that I missed it. Help me learn a different way, one that trusts you more. We have to unlearn our practices of only relying on ourselves and learn that with a God who is faithful, merciful, loyal, loving, that there is nothing that is impossible for him. Dismiss that army. Let go of your fear. That figure of wall that's in front of you that seems insurmountable, that causes maybe some of that fear, that wall is nothing to God. Look at what it says in Psalm 118, 14 through 17. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. Put your faith in God because he can and will bring victory in ways that we can't see, imagine, or accomplish on our own. And then he gets the glory, our faith increases, and the gospel gets spread. God can help us unlearn the fears that would cause us to pass up so much fulfillment and fruitfulness because he loves us and he wants the best for us. So we need to realize that there's absolutely no way that we can facilitate the kind of outcome that God has in mind without God's help. It needs to be God's will, God's time, and in God's way. And this victory that we will experience will be nothing like we imagined. So what are you afraid of? What areas of your life do you need victory today? Do you face something that seems insurmountable? I would suggest that you write them down. Give them to God. Maybe it's time to dismiss the army. That is to stop trying to do things on your own power and in your own strength with your own understanding and let God do his work and then hold on because we are God's children. When you find yourself in those challenging circumstances, you need to know that God is is ordering your footsteps, that he has a plan, even if we can't see it and even if the way forward looks impossible. And we've all experienced that in these past months. As we come to the end of Psalm 118, we, saw, we see God's faithfulness in verses 21 through 23. It says, I thank you, Lord, for answering my prayers and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. It is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. And I love this, the end of this psalm, because what we end up seeing is that God's ultimate plan, when things seem impossible and insurmountable, is Jesus Christ. That the stone the builders rejected become the cornerstone. Jesus Christ sacrificed for you and for me. Incredible. We can trust God. You can have a sense of security and exercise faith because you know that God has considered every contingency in your life and he always has your best interests at heart. Us becoming more like him. 
He is faithful and loyal and loving, full of mercy and love. And that doesn't mean that he won't ask us to face difficulties. We see that all, the, all over the place in the Psalms, even in our own lives. But it means that when those difficulties come, we can trust him. And when we put faith in God, he will give us victory. And it will be one where he gets the glory, which is how he's designed it all to work. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that encouraging? So this week... Um, I want to encourage you to take some time and do the spiritual practice of, of unlearning. Go and take some time, write down what things that uh, you're facing, things that are, you're afraid of, circumstances that you don't know the way forward. Maybe something just seems insurmountable and overwhelming. Let's take some time and let go of our fear of those things, our lack of control, uh, and, and give those things to God. Ask God to step in with his power and his might and do what only he can do. Let him, ask him to give us those victories that he has planned for our lives, which are often not what, what we think maybe are the best things for our lives, but we can trust a God who loves us and wants to lead us down this good path. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your scripture, so thankful for the Psalms as we've been going uh, these past couple of months through the book of Psalms and just seeing all of the ways uh, that, that uh, you minister to us and you expand our, our faith, you change the way we think, that we can trust you more and more with our, our daily lives. God, that's what we want to see. I pray that, that your Holy Spirit speak powerfully to us in the context of Psalm 118. That where we may feel stuck, the way becomes clear when we give up our desires for seeing things happen a certain way and give over control to you. You are loving and kind and just. You're faithful. And so we join with the psalm. We join with the psalmists. We give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love, your faithful love endures forever. We claim that. We know that. We praise you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.